Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today is a very special guest, my good friend, Mac Rosenberg. He is the anchor and reporter for WCBS News Radio 880 right here in NYC. Mac, welcome to the show. It has been far too long since you and I have gotten an opportunity to hang out, and I'm glad you got you took me up on the offer tonight. Well, Colin, it's great to to be here. Thanks for having me. And, you know, when an old college buddy comes to me in need, I try to deliver for him. So, you know, well, you're doing it in spades so far today, <laughs> sir. I'm glad <laughs> um, coming up on the show today. Mac and I are going to discuss uh, a lot of in case you didn't hear some Hall of Famer um, out in St. Louis is kind of scorching right now. We're going to discuss Albert Pujols doing not even Albert Pujols things better than standard Albert Pujols things right now. Um, and obviously Subway Series going down right now in New York, Yankees and Mets. Uh, Mac covering this for WCBS 880. We're going to talk a lot of the Subway Series here. Yankees, Mets, Outlook, Aaron Judge. Um, just what do these teams, where are these teams going in two different directions? We're going to kind of tackle all of that there. And hopefully talk a little Tatis as well because, boy, that is just that is a story that is just continuing to get a little worse every single day uh, since since the PED suspension. But before we get there, a quick promo here, as weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff, coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Dodgers travel cross-country to face the Marlins in Miami this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win 25 grand on the game, and Mac, why wouldn't you? Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em contest. The man who is hitting nothing but metaphorical Grand Slams right now. Let's talk about Albert Pujols to start off the show. Uh, the dude is on fire for you know the the spry young age of 42. Seven home runs in his last 10 games entering Tuesday. And over those 10 games, he is batting a truly mind-blowing 548, 17 for 31, with seven home runs and 14 RBIs. Over that 10-game span, he has a 1.300 OPS, which is the highest 10-game OPS of his entire career. The dude is doing absolutely crazy things for a surging Cardinals team. And honestly, I mean, as a baseball fan and as a baseball community it is just so nice for a guy who was cut 
by the Angels last year. We were not sure when that happened, if he was ever going to be wearing a baseball uniform again. And instead, he is putting up very respectable numbers for a Cardinals team. It just looks good in Cardinals red. And uh, he's doing everything that the Cardinals could have ever asked for when they signed him to a one-year retirement deal. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's just unbelievable. And, and, you know, you mentioned getting cut by the Angels last year. He could have just hung him up right then and there, Colin. Oh, I mean, he, did, he did not have to come back. You know, this is Albert Poulos. This is 21 years at the time. This is first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. But you have to love... Uh, not just what he's been able to do in the last 10 games, but the fact that he came back with Wainwright, with Molina, one more time for the boys. Exactly. Um, and and to see, you know, uh, you know, the, the most mind-blowing part of that, what, what you read right there was this is the great, this is the uh the greatest 10-game stretch of his career. We're going back to 2001. We're going back to the heyday of of Albert Pujols, where he was hitting 40 plus home runs a season. Um, Got to be the feel-good story of the year so far. I, he is going to be right up there in comeback player of the year. Like he needs one more award. Like <laughs> I mean, he needs that's one amazing. more award to throw up there. But yeah. That's amazing to go that far with it. But yeah. it, 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 I think it has to be discussed. And I think that, you know, the fact that he's doing it while he's going for 700 needs to be factored in here. This is yeah. not just, this is a guy who, you know, is turning on the adrenaline here, realizes that he's got to hit a goal. And the big question is, will he get to 700 before, you know, before the end of the season? Cause this is it for him, right? We, we pretty much know that this is going to be it. And I think right now it's like a couple days ago, I might've said, no, a couple days ago, he was uh, at what, like in the high six eighties and not hitting home runs for a living uh, all of a sudden. So, but now, I mean, it's fair to say that he's got a good chance. Look, he is straight in the conversation. Like you said, two weeks ago, this wasn't a conversation. <laughs> he, he needed to go on a bender, assuming this is his last season. I mean, does he get to 700? Do you think that there's enough here? I mean, he's going to need to keep this scorcher going for at least another week because you can, you know he can't do that for the final 35 games. He's going to be rested during that time. He's not a seven-day-a-week player, even though the DH does exist in the National League. He's still not playing seven straight days. So you got to assume he probably has about 30 games or so to try and hit seven home runs. If there's anyone I'm not betting against, it's Albert Pujols. But is, do you think, Mac, that he has the, that he's going to end up looking up at the end of the season with a game or two left at 699 and try and get that big 7-0? I think that he'll be right there in that neighborhood because of what he's been able to do in the last week. Again, this was, you know, I, there was no chance a week ago, but now that he's surged and bought himself, uh, you know, he, he uh, he's, he's now, he's bought himself basically a, a month now where he can, if, if he goes a few games and, and, and slumps a little bit, he's still well within reach, you know? So like, let's, I would probably reevaluate it at the end of the month. Once we hit September, let's see where he is. Let's see how much he keeps on this pace for how long. Um, and then we can we can kind of reevaluate. I'm interested to see how often he plays in September um, because mm -hmm. the Cardinals are in a pennant race, obviously. Um, and, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of how they would want to use him in the playoffs or how much they think that they need to rest him. Um, but you better believe mm -hmm. that if I'm the Cardinals, 
and we're in the second half of September and he's got 695, 697. I got to give him every chance that he, that he can get. I and mean, this is the final days of a hall of fame career. Four and a half games up in the central right now at the trade deadline, they were down by a half a game. So they, they have done really nicely since the start of the month. And the more that you mentioned, they're in a pennant race, the more that, but because of the new playoff structure, the first and second seeds, we get the first round buys. They're not going to catch the Mets. They're not going to catch the Braves. Right. They're not going to catch the Dodgers. So they're not looking at a first round buy in this conversation. But if they can get, like you said, enough of a lead in the central where they start to feel, okay, we don't need to worry so much that Albert Pujols, we can put Albert Pujols out there now. We can maybe stretch him a little bit more if we want because we're not. they don't have the Brewers nipping at their heels and a game might end up being the difference between them making the postseason or not. So really, like you said, not only should we reconvene at the end of the month in terms of, you know, does Albert get a couple more home runs this month and now suddenly looks at all of September and says, okay, I can get to 700. But also, where are the Cardinals in the standings at the end of this month? Because if they can expand their lead, if they can hold serve at at least four and a half moving forward, I think they have a pretty good shot of not only taking the division, but giving Pujols a couple more at-bats to get that, to hopefully get to 700. It's a weird dichotomy when you have, (laughs) obviously, the need to win to make the postseason, while also history being made in Cardinals red, Pujols back home where he belongs, there, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Cardinals kind of handle that workload moving forward. Yeah, and if they can, you know, it's funny. The first part of that conversation, I was thinking, well, maybe they would not want to overwork him because he is, you know, uh, uh, you know, 22 seasons in here and, you know, uh, uh, 42 years old. But then at the same time i then start thinking about well maybe maybe some guys are going to need a rest and and you know if, if they start to really um you know if the if the the playoff position that they're in really starts to crystallize in the second right. half of september and they know where they're going to be then you can then maybe they would think the other way and throw them out there to really try to get some history toward the end of the regular season um, you mentioned what is he in the playoffs? What do the Cardinals envision him in the playoffs? And yeah. I think that's very interesting to think about. Like against, I can't imagine he's in the lineup against strong right-handed pitching, but against every lefty, you got to assume he's the DH there. And against slower righties, because it's the high speed that has been the thing that's been kind of getting him this year or getting him late in his career, I should say. Um, you got to assume he gets in there, but if you're playing a best of five series, I still think Pujols is more of a like gets to start two of those games and pinch hits in each of the the three other ones for a for a hopeful home run. So I and think it's you might have the opportunity to kind of burn him a little bit in the regular season. No, you might not use him quite as much in the postseason. I can't see him being used as much in the postseason. Here's a question for you: If the National League doesn't go to the DH, are we having this conversation right now? <laughs> I mean, no. how much has a guy like Albert Pujols benefited from the DH being added to the National League? I mean, you know, I, I don't, I still don't know how I feel about it. As a Met fan, I probably should feel pretty good because of the guys that they've uh, upgraded with at DH in the second half of the season. But I mean, that that's an amazing thing that, you know, the uh, the opportunities he's gotten at DH, I don't have it right in front of me, how many uh, games that he's played at DH. I, I got to assume the most at-bats that he has this year are at the DH. So oh, without that, heavily. is he even in the conversation for 700? 
No, I mean, 15 teams wouldn't have a spot for him in this conversation. And amazing. I think, I, I think you saw him with the Dodgers and with obviously the angels last year. If there's only 15 American league teams, there just isn't a spot for him. He's, he's out. Right. The Cardinals, the reason right. why he's on the Cardinals right now is because he's a Cardinal legend. And they're like, you know what? Like you said, with Wainwright, with Yadier, like this is the time to kind of bring everyone back. They're doing kind of a swan song for these three as is. There just isn't a spot for him. So you're absolutely right. The DH is the reason we're talking about Albert Pujols potentially getting 700. And for everyone who is anti-DH out there, this is this is exhibit A as to what needs to be shown for why a DH is a great thing across the league. Absolutely. Speaking of home runs, by the way, let's talk about Aaron Judge here because he just went deep again tonight against the Mets. That's back-to-back games with a home run. That brings his total to 48 homers on the season. Um, obviously, a historic season that he is. A, a lock of locks now for AL MVP with Otani kind of not having a little bit of a struggle towards the back end of the season and Judge just absolutely crushing it. Judge is well on his way to winning the American league MVP. But the bigger question here is with 37 games remaining, we've all been looking at Aaron judge and saying, can he get to 60? Can he get to 60? Um, 37 games remaining has 12 more home runs to get, to get to 60. Um, How confident do you feel that Aaron judge is going to be up in that rare air at the end of the year? I think it's, it's possible I, I won't say that it's it's out completely, um, but I think with the current pace that he's on in the last couple of weeks, he's really cooled off. Obviously, the, the, you know we we know what the Yankees have gone through in the last month, mm-hmm. and he's kind of been you know a, a part of that that slump. Uh, before last night, he had not homered since mm-hmm. August twelfth, so he has, you know has gone a bulk of the month without homering. Listen, we, we know that he can get on a crazy pace. You know, we know that he can just turn it on. Um, it's definitely possible. I heard Michael K say this the other day and I agree with it. If I was betting on this, I would not bet on it, but the odds probably are, the odds have probably gone up recently. So <laughs> maybe yeah, I the would. Payout, <laughs> the payout certainly has after, like you said, almost a two week span, which was by far the longest span of this season for Aaron judge to go homerless. Um, but even in the time when he was failing to hit home runs, he's still hitting timely hits. It just wasn't going over the fence. So that was always, that's been helping his cause from the MVP front, but you're absolutely right from a betting standpoint. I don't know if I, I probably sit out this conversation. If you, if you made me bet, I'd probably bet that he, that I think he gets there because I think he's going to have every opportunity to do so. Um, but I don't feel confident in that bet. But again, I think that's, but one of the things that we're talking about with Aaron judge is that he has stated from the beginning of the year and he is, and being the player that he is, he hit 59 home runs right now. He'd sign up to hit 59 home runs right now. If it meant the Yankees got back on track and started their winning ways entering the postseason, he has the same mindset that Yankee fans do in the sense that, they're looking for championship 28. They're not looking for 61 and they love 61, but they'd happily trade one for the other here. And obvious we're, we're talking about Aaron judge who has maybe will go down as one of the greatest bet on yourself stories Hmm. in all of sports history. You can't get any better than this in your walk year. When you turn down 
$240 million at the start of the season at age 30. Um, but right now he has an opportunity to continue to show not only the Yankees, but more likely every other owner out there who is looking at, Hey, Aaron judge is the face of baseball. I just need to outbid the Yankees to get there. And every home run that Aaron judge hits, I sit here and go a little bit more like that might've just every, every home run is just a little bit more money that I'm not sure the Yankees end up getting up to pay when one, it only takes one, you know, team owner out there to say, let's, you know, back up the dump truck and uh, just bring a Brinks trunk right onto his front in the yard. <laughs> and there probably is an owner that's that crazy out there. There always is, I feel like, um, yep. even though Artie Moreno is probably not going to own the Angels um, at some point soon. Um, I, he probably would have been one of my first guesses. He would have been there, least- especially if Otani would have left, yeah. Right, right. So the Yankees offered him seven and two thirteen at the beginning of the season. He oh, so the whole thing would have been probably about around two thirty. I'm seeing. Yeah, he, I mean, you got to believe the minimum that he's going to get offered probably be three hundred, maybe even three fifty. I, 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 I think it's fair to say three fifty minimum. How many years do you want to offer a guy like this? Um, he's in his early thirties. You know that you know, probably for the second half of whatever contract he signs, he will, I I think it's fair to say he won't be what he is now in five years. I mean, he might still be good, but I don't know if he's going to be this good. So those are some questions. Um, And then, you know, obviously roster structure of that team, um, you know, and and how how much you want to look at that as a GN and owner. But there are some owners out there who won't care about that stuff. They'll just care about the fact that it's Aaron Judge and he's going to put butts in the seats. So. Yep, and he is about how you go into a lab to draw up face of franchise kind of person. You know, I mean, like you can't build a better face of the franchise than Aaron Judge, who says all the right things, does all the right things, and um, and really just genuinely wants to win. Um, you're right, three hundred. He's going to ask for at least three hundred fifty million. I I. Based on his age, I would guess it's somewhere he probably lands somewhere in the 300 to 350. But you know what? He gets the 60. We're going to have a different conversation here. I, I think someone hands over yeah. 350 and smiles as they do it. I just don't think that will be the Yankees. Um, no. Sorry, Yankee fans out there, but I, 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 that would shock me if that were the case. But let's talk about the Yankees a little bit here. Obviously, we have Yankees Mets currently playing right now as we record right around 10 p.m. Eastern. Like I said, Judge went deep. Today and yesterday, Yankees won a very tight game yesterday. That was a fun one in game one of the Subway Series. Let's talk about a little bit of just the state of both of these teams. As obviously, they've been two of the five best teams in baseball over the course of the entire season. Arya, you could even shorten that list even more if it weren't for the Yankees having their stumbles really since the start of this month. Um, but Yankees have continued to trend downwards. Mets have continued to trend upwards. Obviously, Jacob DeGrom coming back for the Mets is such a major shot in the arm for them. Yankees about to get Giancarlo Stanton back, I believe, on Thursday from his Achilles injury, as well as Clay Holmes, who should be coming back soon off the IL. Um, his Clay Holmes is kind of reverberation back into average rather than the stellar first half that he showed um, that got him an all-star nod. Him coming back and being healthy is a would be a huge boost to the Yankees' bullpen. Obviously, Giancarlo Stanton getting back in the lineup extends that lineup dramatically uh, and puts just such a thumper in the middle of it. But 
the Yankees with a losing record since about July 22nd. This has been a really rough stretch. And I mean, how worried on a you know scale of one to five, how worried are you about this Yankee team? They're going to make the postseason. That isn't a conversation. But how worried about you are you in their pursuit for number 28? Because that's where all the eyes are looking at right now. Right. And, and you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is the same Yankee team that it's really been for the past couple of seasons. You know, I mean, they're kind of top heavy with Judge, Judge and, and Stanton and LeMahieu. They added Rizzo in there, which I really liked uh, coming into this year after getting him last year at the trade deadline. Um, but I, I, you know, one to five, I'd say I'm like definitely at least a three because I just I look at this roster and I still don't see enough starting pitching I still don't see enough pitching in general you know Chapman was relegated to the sixth inning and is kind of working his way back maybe to that guy I don't know Holmes like you said all-star in the first half I believe when he's healthy you have to give him the keys again right I mean you have to at least go back to that and see how it how it goes because for the majority of the season he's been doing very well but my main concern is the starting pitching, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. They traded Jordan Montgomery. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Been, yeah, you know, I, I, that was a kind of a head-scratcher for me. I mean, this guy, listen, Jordan Montgomery is not the savior. He's not an ace. He, nope. he You know, he, he's an innings eater is what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy who, you know, you can rely on as a third starter in the playoffs to go out there and give you maybe five or six innings on a day when may, you know, or, or, or during the regular season on a day when, you know, the bullpen needs rest, you know, he, he can give you that. Um, you can never have enough starting pitching in baseball. I mean, this, everyone knows this. Um, and uh, you know, for me, starting pitching, better starting pitching beats better hitting in the pl- beats, better hitting in the playoffs. Um, so they trade for a guy in Bader and listen, I understand Aaron Hicks is, is, is awful. Aaron Hicks is, 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 is not the answer for this team, but he's a guy who's in a walking boot right now. Is he the answer? No. I mean, uh, you know, he, <laughs> when are you going to get Harrison Bader? I mean, you traded for the guy. I, I just, you know, that is kind of a head scratcher for me. <sighs> you I know, feel like it'd be less of a head scratcher if there was another starting pitcher that was coming in at that deadline. And we had spoken about it on our trade deadline show when we live reacted to that trade. And we said, okay, well in about five minutes, we're going to hear another Yankee trade where they got Pablo Lopez, where they got Carlos Rodon. And like, that's where the move from Montgomery makes sense. But in a vacuum, it doesn't quite make a lot of sense. And honestly, Monty has done a phenomenal job of making the Yankees regret it since going to the cards at literally the deadline. He is four and oh, and has allowed one run over 25 and two thirds innings while posting a 24 to three K walk ratio. Yeah. I mean, those uh, are elite numbers. And and one of those games against the Yankees too, just to really rub salt into that wound. <laughs> I mean, it's this trade looks worse and worse from like as every start that Montgomery has and every day that goes by that Harrison Bader, like you said, is still in a boot with plantar fasciitis it, this trade looks worse and worse, and it's going to be – look, you can argue that Monty maybe isn't the guy that the Yankees were looking to to start games in the postseason, so that makes sense for the trade, and they didn't really worry about the regular season anymore. Sure, you can make that argument. Could but, have been a bullpen guy in the playoffs. Could have I, been. I a, could not agree more. Could have been uh, yeah, a bullpen a guy, guy that you bring also. in in a matchup situation where you need a big, a big couple of outs. He could have yeah. been that guy. 
or and also you're still very much relying upon Severino, who was just is currently on the 60 day IL. And yes, so he will be, it seems so like he will be stretched out and ready to go by the time he comes back. He seems all signs seem to be that he's very healthy right now. If anything, he seems annoyed that he was ever put on the 60 day IL to begin with because he feels he could be back sooner. The Yankees obviously looking at the postseason and caring more about that. But still, this is a guy who has not pitched a lot in the last three years. That's a lot to rely upon him to be theoretically your third or fourth starter in the postseason, assuming that he goes with Cole, Nestor Cortez, Frankie Montas, and Severino. I'm looking at the rotation now, and I got to say, Colin, there is not one guy that I am like guaranteed confidence in in an elimination game in the playoffs. I mean, Garrett Cole has not proven it. I'm sorry. Just has not proven it. It's fair. In the big in the big spots. Nestor Cortez has had a great season, but he hasn't done anything. We we haven't seen him in the playoffs. So I right. can't, you know, I I you know, I can't be, you know, confident in that. Herman, uh, you know, they just have Montas. They just no no one does it for me here. No one really does it for me. I think that's going to be the big test going in. Um, and then, you know, not far behind that is the offense in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the offense has been a no-show really in the last couple of years for them in the playoffs. It's really just been a complete meltdown when you think about it, uh, a, a team-wide meltdown in the playoffs. So, yeah, you can't say it enough that they're going to win the division easily. That's, you know, that's not, that, that's pretty much wrapped up. Who's going to come up big? I mean, you know, are, are we going to see Kiner Falefa continue get getting clutch hits in the playoffs? Because he's been really probably the most consistent offensive player besides judge, you know, Rizzo's had Rizzo's had some good moments too. Those are the guys that I would lean on in the playoffs. Maybe a Stanton a here and there. Ben Intendi is just starting to come around. He just mm-hmm. uh, actually had a, a go ahead RBI single tonight. He had to go ahead. Um, he had uh, a couple of ribbies last night as well. So he's starting to maybe come on. That's the guy that you got at the trade deadline that you want to see what he can do. So, um, yeah, there it, it's so fascinating that here's a team that we know is going to win the division yet. There could not be more question marks on this team right now. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much peppered with them. One question mark that does not exist for the Mets, however, is that big game pitcher because they've got two of them on that roster in Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer both. I mean, obviously deGrom coming off of the injury that has kept him out for most of the year, but every single innings he has pitched, he has looked vintage DeGrom. And Max Scherzer continues to just be an ageless wonder in the sense that he continues to look the exact same as he did almost 10 years ago in terms of his stuff and his power and his ability to paint black. So um, that is one thing that the Mets have in spades over the Yankees here in the sense of having that from a postseason standpoint, having that one-two punch in DeGrom and Scherzer. And like you mentioned, the bats really starting to wake up. Not, I mean, that's wake up is a little disingenuous because they've been a good offensive team for, for the most part this year. But I think the, the moves that they made at the deadline that you mentioned earlier has really lengthened this lineup quite a bit. Obviously adding Brett Beatty up, calling him up from the minors is a big deal. We still wonder if we see Francisco Alvarez come up at some point, the Mets top prospect, the uh, the catcher, he might get an opportunity to get a call up before the end of the year. We'll see if that makes an impact or does he just, or is he a 2023 import either way? The Mets right now are in a very good spot, both offensively, defensively with a 
And I think the biggest change between in years past and this year with a much steadier manager at the helm who is really keeping them on track as a Met fan. And most Met fans I talk to, they are very much the like waiting for that sky to fall at some point. And this year I'm starting to, I've heard much less of that. And I attribute a lot of that to Buck Showalter being at the helm and really giving Mets fans and Mets players a real steady ship to kind of follow. You know, I was kind of having that mindset in the first couple of months of the season, Colin, being so used to it with the Mets. Mm -hmm. I remember, I think they, you know, when, when Mickey Calloway was here, they had won 10 in a row at some point early on in the season and didn't, you know, didn't even compete for the playoffs. So, you know, that's just one memory. Um, but, you know, because I, I make I, you go through all of them. Don't yeah, worry. yeah. You, you know, you want to be even keeled. You know, they had these moments early in the season. They came back against the Cardinals in the ninth inning. They came back against the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the combined no hitter. Yep, and those things start building on each other. And you know, you hear the broadcasters say, "These are this. This is the sign of a special team." And you know, and it's th- that's true that they are. But as a fan, I just you know, you have to wait. You have to just let's let the season play out. And here we are um, at the end of August, and they are uh, one of the top teams in baseball, no question about it. And Buck is. The, without question, the most impactful acquisition this team has. You can say Scherzer is right there. You can talk about Marte. Um, you know, uh, you can talk about other guys, but it starts with Buck. You yep. know, and the, you know, we don't talk as much about managers in baseball and the impact that they have anymore because, and, and you know, it's interesting. A friend of mine said this to me the other day that there may be a correction now with the approach that we're seeing to hiring managers where it's going back experience opposed to the young hotshot analyst, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, analyst type guy. And, you know, Buck is the Buck and Dusty Baker are probably you know, the two biggest exhibits of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just been unbelievable to see, you know, a guy like Scherzer, I, I can't say enough, obviously he's a machine. He's a machine. Uh, you know, there's nothing really more you can say about what he does on the mound. But you hear so much about the influence he has on these starters. Uh, he's in the you know every start that they have when they get out of the game. He's talking to them. They're looking at mm-hmm. tape. They're talking about strategy. Um, I heard one nugget that he's getting um, guys to throw curveballs more. De- De- Degrom never you wouldn't ever see him throwing any curveballs. He's starting no. to throw curveballs, and and you know and it and that's making Degrom even better than he could be if that's even possible. Um, so listen, two best starting pitchers in the game. You have to face them twice in a seven game series. Good luck. Yep. Um, and the way that this offense is going is actually the perfect formula for the way a team wins in the playoffs. They don't hit. They don't hit a lot of home runs. Um, they get timely hits, they hit line drives, they get mm-hmm. base hits and, you know, they move the runners, they, they, you know, merry go around in motion. That's the way it works with this team runners in scoring position. Uh, they, they've been doing it all. They've been, and they've been doing it all season long and they've been coming back in games. I mean, you know, they just have, they have the recipe for the playoffs. The only thing that, that, you know, that, that I'm concerned about right now is the bullpen. And, mm-hmm. you know, what's what's good about the postseason is that you usually don't use all five of your starters, right? I mean, right. I, you know, I don't know who it's going to be. It might be Carlos Carrasco. It might be Taiwan Walker, who is not going to be on in the playoff rotation. Bring those guys in in the, seven, in the sixth and seventh inning because 
you know, the bridge to Diaz and at the trade deadline, that's what I wanted. I wanted a couple of bullpen pieces. We got givens and that was about it. And I was, yeah. I was disappointed. I was actually very, very disappointed. And I was worried quite frankly, um, because we have not seen anything, uh, that really would elicit much confidence out of the bridge. Listen, Lugo is a guy who has stretches where he's phenomenal. And he's been with this team for a decent amount of years now. So we mm -hmm. pretty much know what we're getting. Kind of reminds me of Familia. Where Familia, yeah. you know, he's not he's not as streaky as Familia, thankfully. Familia, you know, was was more streaky, but you know, Lugo can get can get the big out. He can. I have no trust in Trevor May whatsoever. Absolutely no confidence in Trevor May. Adam Adovino is another guy like Luco where, you know, it's not a hundred percent. So, mm -hmm. um, that's why I think it'll be really be beneficial to get guys like Taiwan Walker and, and, uh, Carrasco in the bullpen. And Tyler McGill is another guy that I really want to see put in that bullpen. Cause here's a guy who, unlike the other two, I just mentioned can throw a hundred miles an hour. You bring in a guy in the sixth and seventh inning to get a big out that can throw 98 to a hundred. Um, that's a guy that I want to see in the playoffs. So I think they'll be able to kind of patchwork that bridge to Diaz together. Right. And, and, you know, it should be, it should be a good run. Yeah. You could, and you could also see a world where Diaz gets the Mariano in the late nineties kind of treatment where he's doing the two out. He's doing the two inning saves. He's doing those type of moves where maybe they don't trust enough of that bridge, like you said, but they trust him so much yeah. that they're willing to give him as much run well, as possible. But well, you know, if, if that's going to happen, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, because they, they've, you know, Buck has tried that, I believe once this season with Diaz mm -hmm. against the Braves um, first game of the five game series a couple weeks ago. And he got it. He, he got the job done. He was really good, but I want to see that more. Let's, let's, let's pepper it in a little bit more to prepare the guy. Um, Cause that's something that, you know, closers can can be very fragile, especially when it comes to the postseason. So if you're gonna if you're gonna prepare, and you know, I have no no doubt that Buck knows what he's doing, and he knows that you know if, if he's gonna do that with Diaz, that Diaz will be ready for it. But I'd like to see it at least once or twice more. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Just a reminder, by the way, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball, on the PGA Tour, NASCAR Circuit, and in the Premier League. 
We also have a special contest on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. And you know what? Keep winning. Go out there and get some wins like those Mets are doing right now. Because if you were to post their, if you were to, obviously, the road to the National League Championship, that pennant goes through L.A. Mac, talk to me a little bit about how you see the Mets kind of going, matching up with L.A. in a best-of-seven series. Again, assuming that the the Dodgers obviously bringing back Justin May from injury, but we still need to see exactly what that is. But they lose Walker Bueller to his second Tommy John surgery, which is absolutely crushing for them. We might not see him till 2024. Although the Dodgers just have a... a a roster just loaded top to bottom. Meanwhile, and they have the experience. Meanwhile, the Mets obviously have the one-two punch in Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. They have a very strong offense. They have the lockdown closer, but they don't have that experience. They have a little bit of that monkey on their back that they really have not gotten off of it since that World Series run in, I think, 2014 or 2015. They are really still proving to themselves and to their fan base that they can that they can beat the Dodgers in a seven game series. How do you see those matchups going? Well, they absolutely can. I mean, there's no, there's no question that they, they can hang right with the Dodgers and the Braves. And, you know, I mean, the, it's going to be a mono, a mono matchup with the Mets starting, starting pitchers and the Dodgers lineup. And that's going to be the biggest matchup that everyone's going to be talking about. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, when it's kind of like football, where you see it's this great offense versus this great defense in the Super Bowl and, and right. who's going to come out on top. But, you know, I always then say, well, okay, if you think that you these two sides are great, let's let's flip it and 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 you know, the other team's unit is going to have to then come up. The right. Mets offense is going to have to perform. The Dodgers starting pitching is going to have to perform. Um and, you know, when I look at at the Dodgers starting pitching, I mean, listen, <laughs> they lead the National League in ERA, which is which is pretty unbelievable. The Dodgers, the Braves, and the Mets in that order, um, you know. And and you know, listen. Obviously, the Mets haven't had Degrom all season. They haven't had Scherzer all season. So you know, you have to kind of kind of take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Um, so that's that's an interesting thing to me. You know, listen, the Dodgers have been here. They they have experience in that. You can't really put a number on that. You can't put a price on that in the postseason. They are loaded. Uh, Trey Turner has just been unbelievable. Mookie Betts is doing his thing. They're they they you know they're they're scary. They're scary. I'm I'm definitely more scared of them than uh, than the Braves. I think that we have a better uh, overall team than the Braves. Um, and I think that it could come down to the bullpens of these two teams, the Mets and the Dodgers. So uh, you know, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I I cannot not see a break a, a Mets Dodgers NLCS. I think it, it it's that's pretty much the writing on the wall right now. I don't see I see you know listen some sometimes teams come out of nowhere but it, it's kind of it seems to me that th- those two are kind of on a fast track to to meet in the championship series. Yeah, just see the Braves of last year to say what a what a hot run at the right, right. time will do to you in the postseason. But and the Nationals in in nineteen. In nineteen, exactly. Um, but you're right. The the class of the National League has continued to be the Dodgers and the Mets. Let's talk about the Padres for a second here. Cause when the Juan Soto trade happened at the deadline, we said, okay, that just propelled them into that top tier in the National League. Like there it is. 
Now they are in that top tier. Fernando Tatis obviously was a major factor, him coming back from his injury. That was part of the main reason why pairing him with Soto and Machado with that with that rotation that they already have, that was supposed to bring them into the next tier. However, Tatis, after testing positive for PEDs, getting an 80-game suspension, just had surgery on his right shoulder today, which will essentially keep him out through his suspension. Um, and barring however long the Padres go in the postseason, will take over most of, if not all, of April of next year. So how do you, how are you handling this Tatis news? I mean, obviously he is one of the most exciting players in the sports. If you were to basically give players, give owners and GMs, front offices, a full draft of everybody you could have in the league, entering the year, Tatis is easily drafted inside the top five. Now, after multiple injuries, after offseason and out of game um, issues. Now this PED suspension on top, there is talk that he is losing the locker room pretty, pretty quickly and dramatically for a team that again is ready to win a world series right now. If you look at that roster on paper and put Tatis in that starting lineup, um, obviously he will not be there this year. It, it's becoming tougher and tougher to kind of understand how do you value Tatis moving forward? He's got a $350 million contract with his name signed next to the X. He's getting every sense of that. But are you worried about his drive, his desire to win, his immaturity off the field? Because right now it's affecting him being on the field. Yeah, I think as of right now, he's damaged goods um, in the sense that he has not been on the field the entire season. And then this happens. And then who knows when we'll see him with the shoulder surgery. It's just everything's just kind of piling on top of each other right now. And you really have to feel for A.J. Preller. I mean, right, this guy Mm -hmm. has like been doing everything that he can, this GM of the Padres, to 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 make it work. And listen, there'll be a playoff team and and we'll see what happens. Um, But. You know, I kind of, as you were mentioning all these things with with uh, Tatis, I kind of compare him to what's going on with Deshaun Watson in the NFL, right? And only in, in the sense that, like, all you hear as far as Deshaun Watson on the football field is that he's still like a top five quarterback, right? Still, right. still, after what, it's been like, it'll now be two years, I think, Almost that he has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we keep saying that, you know, oh, once he's on the field, once he's on the field, but he hasn't been on the field. And obviously football, you can't compare the prep that you have to do and the physical toll that it takes. But, you know, this is now what two major injuries for Tatis. Yep. And so I don't know what the timeline is for this shoulder thing, plus the whole steroid thing and 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 you know, the the emotional and mental psychological aspect that it has not on no not not only on him but on the rest of the team like you said like losing the locker room how does how does uh you know how how do the players react to that i mean it's tough to say because he's not there right now and he won't be there for a while right um listen yeah i i, I think that you know it's kind of just one big asterisk right now with him and the jury's just got to be out and they've got to focus on on the playoffs and they've got a, 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 a they've got a formidable team for sure very so, um, very much so yeah and they've got guys that have really stepped up that are not ha- household names at all so um you know in addition to the machado and 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 obviously getting soto uh, and and the rotation is not bad either um so i i think that you know 
Tatis will come back when he comes back. And, you know, guys will uh, get a nice discount on him in fantasy baseball going into next season. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, he's not going to show up probably. I mean, he may not show up at all at, at all next year. If you add the PEDs onto the the shoulder injury, I don't, you know, I don't know what the timeline is going to be for that. But you know what? I think um, that he mentally is in a, a, a better place than we might have thought a week ago when we first heard about this suspension. We hadn't heard from him. We just heard right. from him today. He showed remorse. He's a young kid, made a mistake. You know, it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And it's really unfortunate too, Colin, because when was the last time we heard about a steroid suspension or PED suspension, I guess we're calling it, that involved a top, top star of the game, you know, while he was playing. I mean, all of the PED suspensions really that have come since this new policy in baseball, it's been around for a while now, none of them have really involved a player this high profile. So I mean, it's harder to get high profile than Tatis at this yeah. point. Just yeah. like I said, top five player in the game when you really, when you put it down, but right. you're right. It's, it's very rare that you see some, I mean, we've, seen Ramon Laureano and we've seen Robinson Cano and we've seen those type of guys, but no one is Tatis and there are very few players like Tatis. And the fact that we are, we have to have conversations about Tatis's immaturity or his health or other things like that. And we're not talking about the fact that he might be one of like five players in baseball. And that's probably too much. One of like three players in baseball that could genuinely be a 40, 40 guy. <laughs> It is, it is, it's pretty astounding that we're talking about this now. And for a Padres team that just went out and traded their entire farm system away to try and basically put all their cards to the center of the table now, it's really does it, it looks much worse when Tatis is not in that lineup and he's supposed to be. So I mean, I'm I'm hoping here that you mentioned from a fantasy standpoint, I gotta assume that Tatis falls at least outside the first round going into next year in Roto drafts. Um, we have to see where we are in health. I think there's going to be a lot of managers out there, myself included, who are going to be very hesitant to, to spend that draft capital on him when a Freddie Freeman might be sitting there instead. And you know what? That is steady Eddie. I will take the 300 average, 35 home runs, and 100-plus RBIs and call it a day yeah. rather than go for – the home run swing, so to speak, of a Tatis. Yeah, or a Trey Turner, of course, obviously, um, is a guy. Um, you know, he's not going to hit a whole a ton of home runs, but uh, you know, he's going to get you yeah, basically everything every else, other yeah. category. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Also, on a personal level, I went out and spent two hundred. I, I spent a pretty penny on a signed Fernando Tatis bat like two <sighs> years ago. Wow. And I was smiling ear to ear. I still am in the long run. I believe that it was a it was a smart impulse buy. It was it will it will age well at some point. But boy, ever since I bought that bat, I don't want to say I'm the cause of it because that's <laughs> you know probably a little egocentric of me. But like I'm, I'm pretty much since I got that since I spent that, it's been uh, it's been harder and harder to justify uh, going home every single time and and peeping at it and going like, oh yeah, I could have like taken a vacation instead of buying this this bat, but well, it's going to work out. It's going to work here, out. Here's what you got to do, Colin. You got to take that bat off of the wall. I'm sure it's framed. I'm sure. You oh, know, it's in you, a case. It's in yeah, a case. I so, spend extra for the case. 
take it away, put it in your garage somewhere, put it, you know, you're obviously, you don't have a garage here in the city. Garage. But put, yeah, what's a garage, right? <laughs> put it, put it in, put it in storage. That's right. <laughs> put it in storage somewhere. Forget about it for a couple of years. And then when he's back hitting 40 home runs and drive and, you know, driving in 120 runs and still in 45 bases, you'll remember it. And then you'll realize uh, that you made a good investment. Yeah, that's that's why I keep telling myself in the mirror when I go, why did I do that? Why did I? That's what happens when you. Uh, that's what happens. Just stop sending me discounts on sports memorabilia, please, out there. And whoever is spamming me all that discounts on sports memorabilia, I will go poor. I will. I will very quickly if you continue to do that. Yeah, I, I get. But it. that just about it. finishes up our show for today. If you enjoyed the show, then make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to your podcasts, so you don't miss an episode in the future. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. Mac would very much appreciate a five-star review, as would I, so you might as well throw them on. And while you're at it, be sure to follow NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to be informed of all of our live shows, Q&As, segments, articles, and more, so you can stay up to date on everything around the league and join in on all the action. You can follow me on Twitter at Lie, and you can follow Mac at Mac Rosenberg. Be sure to tune back in later this week for a new episode with DJ and Drew, so make sure you don't miss it. So until then, stay safe out there, and as always, thanks for the listen. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.